Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we have something that we are going to talk about that is... um, It's big. It's big and it's timely. Yes. Yes. Why is it timely? Uh, Well, this month, um, as you may or may not be aware, is uh, Suicide Prevention Month. So um, if you see little ribbons of teal and purple, that's what that's what that is. Um, and we have a lot of, of organizations that do a lot of suicide prevention uh, programs and different things this month. And so we wanted to talk about that and touch on that because it's uh, it's a really big deal. Um, you know, we're looking at more than 45,000 uh, people in 2020 committed suicide. And uh, it's the 10th Tenth leading cause of death, so it's a pretty big. It is a big deal. thing, and many people listening have been impacted yes. by this. Yeah, and so we want to give you some information about it, and also help you to know how to help right. someone who may be struggling with suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. or suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. What might help, and what maybe not to be afraid of because there's sometimes we're afraid of addressing them directly when uh, we've learned from research that that's kind of the best way to do it Yes, is not to beat around the bush and be afraid to say it, but to just go right for it. And so we'll talk about that, but we thought this would be a good episode and to share some experience and thoughts and Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and this is especially uh, timely uh, for me because Someone close to me has recently committed suicide. And so this topic is very, um, it's very timely. Um, for me, it's been on my mind a lot. Um, and, um, and things can happen even when people around them are doing everything right, which... I believe was absolutely the case in this situation. And so it's just important, I think, to talk about. So we, we, we want to talk about how some of the, the risk factors, some things to watch for. And again, if this happens to you and you're, if someone that you love commits suicide, it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. It doesn't mean that you didn't watch for the right things or, or see the right things in time or any of that, uh, that you didn't do the right things ahead of time. Um, not at all. And in fact, many people who, um, who have loved ones that have committed suicide really did all the right things. They did the very best that they could. We just want to help maybe people who haven't thought about it, uh, recently, um, to, 
to think about some of the, the things and the ways that they can um, be more aware um, for, for their loved ones, for other people around them, and try to help get as much support as we can for people. And, you know, for some that will make all the difference, and for others it can be just a little bit too hard anyway. Yeah. I think that that's a really important point. And, you know, lots of resource guides talk about this as one of the very first things is you cannot blame yourself. And even when you've done everything and you love them, love cannot save them. Right. This is, it's, it's a complex issue. And it is. this is, I'm sure, what the biggest struggle is for someone who loses someone close to them is I could have done more. Why didn't I do more? Right. I'm sure that that is a long, hard, grieving, mourning process. Yes. But at least what we know is you can do everything right. And Mm -hmm. this is a place that they're in. Yeah. And not because you missed something. Right. Absolutely. I think, you know, when we talk about, um, Oftentimes with suicide, it's not that they want to die even, you know, although those thoughts are coming, right, when you have suicidal ideation and and suicidal thoughts. Um, but it's that they don't want or that they want the pain and the everything that's going on for them emotionally and mentally to stop. Yeah. And and I think it's I think it's so important to as we're talking about that it's not your fault if someone close to you has committed suicide when we talk about this being a complex issue when you look at at brain chemistry and things like that um, because some of the unhelpful things that people will say or or talk about is like well you know why would they want to do something like that why is you know it's just so sad that people just don't want to keep living or, you know, just different things like that. Um, and that it's extremely insensitive because you don't know what it's like to be that depressed. Right. Right. There, and it's not always something that is controllable initially, right? Like you have to go through that process of recognizing that that's where you are and getting medication and finding the right medications and, doing the therapy and all of that, which is all extremely challenging when you're in a depressed state anyway. Right. Right. And some medications can make it worse. Right. And so there's all of these factors that are involved, but when you don't have the right chemicals in your brain, it's just extremely hard. Yeah. And I think kind of a religious corollary to that is, um, God's mercy, and I believe this, is not lessened one bit. So this idea that maybe they were, you know, despairing and deep in sin and took their lives, and now maybe things are not going to look so good for them right, on the other side. Right, because they took their life, so now they're doing something terrible. Right, which which people have heard yes. at funerals and, and yes. pastors giving remarks. And I think that it's important to note that... Um, God's mercy is not any less, and his love is constant, and he's the only one who can judge. And so hopefully there's a lot more um, 
hope and we peace that can peace yeah that comes yeah i i and of course everybody has a different you know perspective on god so not trying to put mine on anyone but i don't see god as a god who um just because you don't have enough of the right chemicals in your brain to say well nope you're out like yeah you've done something hor you know horribly wrong um and so it's over for you um i think wanting things to be okay wanting to not be in so much pain is you know a big reason why these types of things um occur and so um if we can recognize that as we're stepping into places with individuals in our lives who maybe have ideation around it um, or thoughts around it to understand that that this is kind of where it's coming from and so how can we support um, that person that space um, understanding that this is often what is really underneath it Right. And I think that that's an important guide. So what Sherry said, you know, they don't necessarily want to be dead. They just want things to be okay. And yeah. that's a pretty common theme. Right. You know, when someone is suicidal, it's not that they're fixated on they need to be dead. They're just right. so overwhelmed that they need to be okay. And death is the way for them to be okay. Yeah. They don't mind. see any other And way. so with that in mind, you think of how would you support somebody who needs to be okay? And it's right. what your gut tells you. Yes. It's to listen and to love, mm -hmm. not to judge, not to be critical, not to offer lots of solutions, right? but to just listen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of think of this issue almost like if you were um, a policeman and you're trying to talk somebody off the ledge and yes. you're sticking your head out the window and they're saying, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump. And you probably wouldn't approach it with, well, that would be stupid to jump. Don't you think? Right. And, and you're like trying to reason this out with them. Right. Um, that's not going to help. What would help is to say, it looks like you're really hurting. Yes. Tell me about that. Yes. And ask them questions. So this is one of the most important things that, you know, research has, has taught us. Ask questions. And by the way, despite kind of maybe how we feel, it's mm -hmm. good to ask directly if you feel suicidal. That yeah. does not increase the risk of suicide to say, are you feeling suicidal? Yeah. And we'll, we'll even give you a little hint on some of the training that we get around suicide prevention that therapists have to do regularly. Yep. Right. Is you don't, you don't even necessarily use the word suicide. You actually say, are you thinking about killing yourself or taking your own life? Right. Because you want to be very direct about it. And, and even, even the word suicide or thinking about maybe doing something, you know, when you start to get into that, like you want to be extremely direct about it because that brings up in their mind that accountability and responsibility for taking their life, for killing themselves, right? So that is, you know, we can talk about suicide, but also just be aware that that's some of the language that we're um, taught to use because of the, like, accountability that that brings up in their mind. Yeah, and they, they appreciate the directness. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a story, I'm trying to remember his name. He jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, and he survived. And he came and he spoke to 
the boys at a treatment center where I was working, and I think he has a book and everything, but he talked about how walking to the middle of the bridge, he was not really wanting to do it, but felt like he had to. Mm-hmm. And he was looking around, hoping somebody would make eye contact and just know what he was feeling and going through. Yeah. And nobody did. And so there, there was part of him that was pleading for help, but not mm-hmm. being direct. And so we need to be direct. Mm-hmm. And again, we've learned that that's actually helpful and good. And they will share. There's this fear kind of that like they want to keep it a secret and you might be onto them and that will somehow you know, push them in that direction. But we really haven't found that to be the case. Right. Because they want to be heard often. Yeah. Um, and they're not necessarily going to be the ones to lead out because they're in so much pain. If mm-hmm. you lead out and you're saying, I want to hear what it is you have to say, this is a good thing. Right. Right. And so. Yes. Talking about it does not research over and over has shown. It does not increase the likelihood that it will right. happen. It actually decreases. Right the likelihood that will happen. So asking a lot of these questions, um, you know, looking for uh, some of the warning signs, like risk factors, warning signs um, are really important as well. Um, So let's talk about some of those. Yeah, warning signs. What we know, um, some of these may be a little bit obvious, but it's good to go through them. So if there has been a history of attempts, if there's right. been any attempts in the past, it's more likely that they will attempt mm-hmm. again. And so knowing that, um, if there is a family history of attempts, and this is something often that I'll mention in therapy, sometimes people come in and they're really, they're really kind of thinking about this, mm-hmm. but they have children. And it right. often is very helpful to them, I've found, if I let them know that, hey, if you were to kill yourself, the likelihood that one of your children also do is much Mm -hmm. higher. Yes. And that often alone is enough for them to go, oh, wait, I don't want to impact my children that way. Right. And so that can be a helpful thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. If there's a family history of of attempts, that that increases that likelihood for sure. And also if there's a family history of depression and other um, mental illness, Um, and if they themselves have um, mental illness, right? You want to be, um, or depression, you want to be just aware of that. Um, it's a really good, they're really good conversations to have. Um, if, if you know someone has, uh, has depression or has been really struggling with things recently to just talk about it, even like, you know, and we think, Oh, well, we don't want to like intrude in that way. Like, Whoa, that like might be feel like it's coming out of, you know, left field, but you know, you can ask some of those questions like, Hey, I just want to check in on you. And I was just listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about the importance of just checking in with people. And I just want you to know that I'm, I'm here and I really care about you. And I'm, I want to, you know, hear you and see you. And, you know, is that something you've ever considered or thought about or, you know what? And if the answer is no, then People just tell you, right? But if the answer is something different, if it is yes, then then you've opened that door and said, like, you know, it seems like this is something that can happen regularly, or or is is something that can absolutely come up with depression. And I just want to make sure that you're okay. I just want to hear what you have to say around that. 
which communicates mm-hmm. care and concern and love. Yes. And that's the key. Remember, if, if you want to be okay, yes, that's important that you feel that way. Right. And you yes. can play a very important role in that if others in their lives um, maybe aren't doing that as much and that's contributing to feeling isolated or alone. Mm-hmm. You come along and you're direct and you're asking questions and that communicates importance. Yes. And so. Yes. Yeah. If, if you just want the pain to stop and you just want to feel okay, that if you think about times that you've felt a lot of emotional or even physical pain, and have talked with someone about it and just shared how you were feeling. Right. It it dissipates. We know this from lots of Tons studies. Of just research. a stranger being present when yes. somebody's administered electric shocks, their stress response comes down being with somebody. Yes. Just being with somebody. It it could be a stranger. Mm-hmm. And so we really have a need to be connected, which by the way, chronic pain is a risk factor. And yeah. so someone who chronic, um, you know, this is ongoing and probably not much is helping. And, you know, you think about lots of back issues and things where it's years and years and how hard that would be. Mm-hmm. And so something to be aware of. Yeah. That, and again, you know, a lot of these things that we're talking about, these make sense, right? Yeah. Just being in this much emotional, yeah. you know, pain or depression where it's just a darkness and, you know, sometimes it's easy to, to judge on the outside and say, oh my goodness, like, like, why would you, you know, why would you do that? Or nothing is that bad or, yeah. you know, whatever. Those things are so unhelpful. If you really right. understood and really sat with someone and understood what was going on for them, the reasons make sense. And of course, you know, we don't want them to carry that out. Right. But it's important to be able to empathize and say, wow, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And what can we do? How can we help and be there for you with, you know, with it feeling like that so that you don't have to feel like this is your only option? Yep. Um, you can probably assume that there's some other, you know, exposure to family violence. If there's physical or sexual abuse, these are all risk factors. Right. And substance use. Substance kind of use, definitely. And and a few things can kind of, you know, clue you into maybe this is where they're at. Obviously, um, if somebody is withdrawing from family and friends, they don't do things that they used to enjoy. They they appear to have pulled away from things mm-hmm. that they once loved. And yeah. it's kind of surprising you or, or making you wonder if something's going on because they don't seem to be themselves. Right. Lack of interest in things, lack of, and not having really plans or direction for the future. If they even, if they're talking about it, if they threaten it, obviously like this is, you know, well, I should just kill myself or something like that. Um, references to things being really unbearable or overwhelming. Um, and then even stronger ones are things where they're actually like, saying goodbye where they're giving things away like those are very like someone's very close to the edge if they're doing those things yeah and and again i think a risk factor definitely is is loss yes my wife's grandfather um committed suicide and his wife had passed about i think it was a year before Mm -hmm. or less and he was very methodical and he just started giving things away and people weren't really putting two and two together because he didn't seem like a risk factor, but suddenly his life had changed completely. Yes. And she was his whole world. And with her gone, 
just everything changed for him. Yeah. And so that is a risk factor. And, you know, we spend a lot of time focusing on the youth. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. They need right. a lot of attention. Right. Um, but the highest risk age factor for suicide is middle age to later age. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so they need attention too. I, I yes. had someone in my office recently say, you know, we put a lot of effort into helping the youth with this when really, you know, middle-aged men <laughs> probably need the most support mm-hmm. because they have a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure and you lose your job, something changes, you feel like everything is dependent on you, you've let the family down. I mean, there there's a lot of pressure on, um, you know, these men especially. Yeah. Men are higher yeah. risk than women. But so yeah. these are some really good things to be aware of again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, if you're unfamiliar with some of those statistics and how that works, men are more successful, but women attempt more. So um, they tend to do things. Women tend to, to attempt in ways that are less effective, let's just say. So... Um, so that's, you know, something to be aware of, um, in terms of, of, of how this affects, tends to affect people. But I'd like what you're, what you were mentioning with, um, with your wife's grandfather, that he wasn't, nobody put it together because he just didn't look like, and again, I think that goes back to that point that we're making that maybe, you know, maybe you're not seeing any of these like watch for things. Or, you know, you're not catching maybe what that, that means, or they don't have some of these, a lot of these risk factors, because remember a lot of people have some of these risk risk factors and they never attempt. Right. Right. So if, if this happens to you, it's, you know, the loved one commits suicide. It's not because you did something wrong and just didn't see something or didn't do something Right to fix it. Right. We want to be aware of how much, ever much we can be aware of. Um, and you know, we've been talking about what to do. Right. And, and again, asking questions, asking about suicide, um, talking to, um, family members when there is a suicide in the family or friends, you know, when there is a suicide among a friend group, making sure that you're talking more about these types of things because that risk does go up Um, and being very direct about it and looking for those warning signs and also getting help for them. Right. Right. We, we want them to be in therapy and to be getting helpful medication and watching them as that process is occurring. Um, and offering a lot of that support, um, you know, there are, there are apps and ways for, to educate, right. And also to make sure that, um, they can reach out when they need to, right. We've got the suicide hotline. That's a national number. Um, I know of just individuals who have just had, have had suicidal thoughts and things like that. And they are, you know, they have reached out and that has been so useful to them. So even if they don't feel as comfortable talking to someone else, they have some place that they can go. And so educating, um, our family and friends is really critical and giving them access to that information is really critical. Yeah. And, and we try to make it easy. So you just dial 988 from your phone. You can even text. 
mm-hmm. and that goes to the suicide hotline. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised how many people use this because yes. we, we kind of assume, right, that if this is what you want to do, you're just going to do it. But again, like the gentleman walking out <laughs> into the yes. middle of the bridge looking for help, they really do want help and they want things to be okay. And so, you know, there's a lot you can do if you're seeing these warning signs and, and you're talking and you're direct and you're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really great resources. Um, I know not everyone that listens to our podcast is in Utah, um, but there, there is an app specifically for, um, for people in Utah and it's, it's called safe Utah. And that is something you can, um, you can text, uh, you can call like through the app and it's totally confidential and it, uh, allows you to, uh, discuss and talk with someone. So it's, um, and it, again, it's confidential and it goes to counselors and you can also report potential harm to you or someone else in your family or school or city in Utah. And you can, um, have some of those conversations. So if you are concerned about someone, you can reach out there. If you are struggling yourself, you can reach out there. Again, it's all confidential and have some of those conversations, talk with someone um, and get support that way. So there's a lot of a lot of space there where we've got some resources if you um, right. can connect that way. Um, and then obviously also if you can be that resource for someone to listen and get support. And you know, if you have someone who's, who's really suicidal, um, who has been thinking about it a lot and you've been very concerned, you also need to make sure you're getting support too, because it is very hard to be that, um, that person all of the time and be on that level of alert. And of course you're, you're going to want to, right. And that's, that's important to do, right. But just make sure that you're also getting some support for yourself and reaching out Um, and going to therapy yourself and all of that so that you can be the best provider of that resource for your children or loved ones, um, around you, but also make sure that you're, you're getting, uh, your own support so that you can do that in the best way. Yep. And the other thing is to just always take it seriously, right? If there's a threat, if there's, you know, things like that, you want to take it seriously and make sure that you do something about it, that you, um, that you call 911, that you talk to the suicide hotline, that you're doing those things. If, um, if someone is threatening or, um, you know, writing letters or saying that they're going to, um, to take their life, make sure that you're taking it very, very seriously, because even if it ends up being a situation where they're just needing or wanting some of that attention, give it to them. Yeah. Give it to them. Make sure that you, you know, you get them the help. You take them in. You um, have them because then you're opening again that conversation and you're saying, okay, let's let's talk about this and let's get you the help that you need because I, you know, I really appreciate that you're reaching out and I want to make sure we get you all the help that you need. 
Yep. So I think there's a million more things that we could say about this. Um, <laughs> this was a good start, I think, though. Yeah, but I think it's, it's hopefully can get you thinking about how you can bring these topics up with um, people around you, with loved ones, uh, with children, um, and other, uh, other people in your life, and just make it less of a taboo topic. Yeah. Because you may you may end up touching someone who you had no idea was even depressed, let alone um, suicidal. Uh, and we can, if we're all working on this and talking about this and um, making it more a part of our life and our conversations, we can all end up touching some people and doing some good and helping. So. Thanks for joining us. I hope this was helpful. Yeah, a little bit of a somber topic, but I think very, very, very critical and something that we all want to, to do more of in our lives. So, Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.